Good day, good afternoon, good whenever it is you are listening to this. Thank you very much for listening to this. You are checking out yet another Woke and Baked. And ladies, gents, I've been kind of not as active as I used to be on the podcasts because I've just had some stuff going on in my life. That being said, we're kind of back into full swing. And I really like to apologize for my tardiness and for being not so up to date with these episodes. So... With that being said, I've got two episodes for you today. One is my sit-down with Dave Buttonface, a.k.a. Dave Parrott, the owner of 5150 Vapes. Nicotine is addictive. And we discuss last weekend's WrestlePro Alaska event at the All-American Training Center, as well as Wednesday's event at the Spur in Fairbanks, as well as Friday and Saturday's event at Denali Harley-Davidson in Wasilla. I like WrestlePro Alaska. I've always had a good time when I've gone to a WrestlePro, and my kids have always had a good time when they go to a WrestlePro. If you are out and about in Wasilla or Palmer or Anchorage this weekend, and you're like, what the hell is there to do? Well, that is something that you can do. That will be Friday and Saturday at the Denali Harley-Davidson in Wasilla. Now, if you are in Fairbanks on Wednesday, you can check WrestlePro Alaska out at the Spur. All right. Not not the Spur Highway in Kenai, but the Spur. Apparently, that is the location of the event. Now, if you are not in any of those places, you can go to WrestlePro Alaska's Facebook page. I'll put their link down in the description, and you can watch their matches. They stream them because this is streaming service and chill, and so it would be appropriate that I would include the streaming links so that you can watch these events. However, if you are in the area, I implore you to go check out the events. All right, now immediately after that, I will be giving you my review of Godzilla versus Kong, in which I sit down with two real Godzilla geeks, and they give us, well, their opinion as well, because they've been into Godzilla their entire life. They go through their history with Godzilla, as well as the history of Godzilla, and they kind of give it all back to me. All right, ladies, gents, and others, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your energy. And as always, stay tuned after the podcast for a word from our fantastic supporters. Those supporters would be Iron Asylum, Red Run Cannabis Company, and 10th Planet Soldatna. All right, folks, uh, thanks for tuning in. Enjoy the podcast and enjoy this conversation with Dave Parrott as well as the review of Godzilla. All right, get out there, kick today's ass. Do not let it kick yours, but enjoy the podcast. As a disclaimer, nothing we say is real, nothing we say is to be taken seriously, and everything we say is meant for entertainment purposes. Also, uh, one last thing. My son Yeti was with me during the recording of the podcast with Dave, so you're going to hear him throughout the podcast because he likes to make his presence known. I'll include some music in the background so that maybe the yammering baby isn't so rough on your ear hole. All right, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy, and enjoy the podcast.
was he back in his head anyways? Yeah. Oh, no piece around show's face. Son of a biscuit. He wanted to know who he is. Alright. Yeah. So, talk to me, Dave. Alright, this weekend. This weekend was, was the show, man. It was this it past was, weekend. Yes, last weekend. At the All-American Training Center. All-American in Sildaten. Yes. Russell Pro Alaska. The Power Plant Productions. They kicked off their uh, New York expansion tour. Yeah. And they chose Sildaten. They're going to do a show in Homer and a show in Sildaten now. Scrapped it, so we'll do back-to-back shows with Sildaten for the fans. They said not disappointed. So, I know they had... Yeah. 
these events uh, when they come into town is that you're likely to not see something like that again for a very long time. Well, that was the problem when JM first wanted to do this up here. He up here just on a limb to Channel Alaska. And he realized there was no wrestling shows up here. So he brought WrestlePro, which is from, I believe, New Jersey, up here. And did a WrestlePro Alaska show.
that was really awesome. They definitely were holding their own and kept that, kept your going into your seat the whole time. What was going to do next? It was a really good match. And I think you see is even bullet talent, can not just competing against these high level, but it's actually stepping their game up. And now they're getting on this wrestling pro being so amazing. They're giving those wrestlers that didn't get that chance that step up to get to that next level. You know, they're getting them more recognized. They're getting them out there more to the fans. And if you show up to these events as a wrestler, you come to KM and you can prove yourself, what's going to stop them booking you somewhere down in Jersey where you have a WWE scout there, an AEW scout there, or KM himself having connections throughout the whole industry? You just got to prove you want that. And there's places in Outside Wrestling Academy, they're a huge supporter of this. They bring out a lot of their kids to help set stuff up. They bring stuff there that if you know, KM needs someone to be wrestling against somebody else, he calls the school, who's impressing you? Who's putting the work in? And that just proves that if you have that ethic and you have that dream and that desire and that fire you to do it, you can do anything you want no where you're from. You don't have to be from L.A. or be from Hollywood to get that. I think that's one of the beautiful things about uh, this uh, the streaming service and show platform is that this this match is going to be available on WrestleCross Facebook. Right? You, can, you can tune in you can check out the commentary and you can see the matches. Uh, if you are someone who is in New Jersey, if you are Everything you could think of being used 
just watch the, if you want to talk to wrestlers, I've talked to many of them over the time and the blessings of being involved with WrestlePro. Got to meet a lot of legends and stuff. And then they've all described it the same way. It's all about getting that emotional connection with each fan. When you are in a match and you do something, whether it's good or bad, when you do a move or you do something, and you get that, uh, that emotion out of the fans that you were looking for and it creates a connection, that becomes the perfect match. When you watch a match on TV, you watch a match live in person, you're like, eh, you, you don't have anything invested, you don't care who wins, who loses, you don't care who gets hurt, who doesn't get hurt. out of you and uh, this weekend mainly the Saturday night show I gotta say every single match had the kids attention kids were screaming for the wrestlers cheering for them um, there was one little girl there that when uh, wrestlers would leave the ring she would change her shirt to match the next wrestler coming out and she was screaming for her favorites when they would lose she would cry and scream that she didn't like the guy who won and they made they go in the back she'd say that's mine she'd switch her shirt to the next match myself brought my kid my fiance brought her son all the kids were sitting on the bleachers on the Saturday night show they were involved and the wrestlers were giving it back to them they'd be like boo you should lose they come over into the ring look over at the kids and engage the kids no I don't lose you guys can lose and they'd go back and forth and create that connection with those kids by the end of the night were so involved in the matches that they would all want to go to the next ones I'm driving to Wasilla to see the Wasilla show on Friday and Saturday because the kids are so excited about this WrestlePro brings that to a, to a state like Alaska. We're going to see it. So now we get to, and if you miss out, you're missing out on so much. It's going to be a while before it comes back. That's yeah. cool. And that's the other thing. Like you, have to, you have to make a conscious effort to go see these things. Otherwise, they're not going to Yeah, and for me, there's guys like the very first WrestlePro. Robert Wrestler that I'm a big fan of.
the kids loved him. Cheever came out there, and just for me, that's the awesomeness of going is you get to see something you've never seen before. And the minute they come out, their personality is so big, you're immediately like, I like him. You know, we had guys like Matt Cross. I was unaware that Matt Cross used to be formerly known as Son of Havoc in Lucha Underground. I used to watch Lucha Underground all the time. He came out and he did a shooting star press, the first time I've ever seen one in person. Would you with that belt? No. Shooting star press. So this is your head, this is your feet. You jump off the rope forward and do a backflip and land while you're going forward. Okay. He did that both nights. And he executes it perfect. Seeing a guy as stocky as he is get up on the top rope, stand on the ropes, pull his hands out, and then just jump and throw his body is an amazing thing to watch in person. I've seen it on TV hundreds of times. But when you see something like that in person, it's a whole different, oh my God moment. And that's the stuff people are going to miss out if they don't come out to the shows. Well, it's, it's well, like we were talking about earlier. It's like it's like a, a really talented dance partner being in a good band. Like, this guy plays a, a wicked bass. You really should hear this guy play the bass. Uh, and this dude is doing, um, I mean, he's doing acrobatic wrestling, right? Which is not the easiest thing to think of, like, the most jacked guy at your gym. And now think about the most jacked guy at your gym doing that. And it's just like, oh, shit, the most jacked guy in my gym cannot do that. Yeah, I don't see, like, Steel Mayhem doing something with Louis Salt or Shooting Star Presses. I pay to see it, though. Yeah, I see, you know, Brock Lesnar can do one. Can he? Yeah, he's doing Shooting Star Press before. I'm going to need you to send me that in a link, because yeah. I don't, I'm not going to say I don't believe you, but oh, I, I know can't imagine. It's impressive. Brock Lesnar doing yeah. that. Yep. Uh, into, like, the belly flop. <laughs> I will tell you, to compare it like a band, folks, if you don't come out and watch WrestlePro, it's like if you have a favorite band but you never buy their CD or see them in concert, eventually that band doesn't exist no more. They just, if they're not making money, they're not going to be there. WrestlePro is the same way. If you love wrestling, you want to go out and, you know, be a part of it, come out. If you don't come out, it's not going to come back. We have to go out and show support. Support local support the business that's coming up here and doing so much for us. A lot of these guys, people, you know, the guys like Matt Cross, Follow Bob, these guys, they wrestle in other companies. They have, you know, Matt Cross wrestled in 29 countries across the world and he still chose to come to Soldatna, Fairbanks, and Wasilla, Alaska to wrestle just because he loves the wrestling for the fans. A lot of these guys aren't getting paid. They're not, this isn't WWE. WrestlePro is not a huge company. They're not paying these guys, you know, 20, 30 grand to come wrestle. These guys are doing it for next to nothing just to give the fans what they want. Just to show love to the fans. So who are we not to show up and show love back? When you're there, the biggest thing I'd say about the, when you go there, buy the merch. The merchandise they sell, the t-shirts, the hats, the signed pictures. That's where most of the money is coming from. Buy their merchandise. So we had um, Spit Gems on the podcast, and that was what he was saying, was that like, if you're looking for ways to support your favorite artist, the way that you can do it is buy their merch. Go to the Walden Brothers website and buy a mask or buy the coffee cup. Buy the buy the coffee cup. Then there, there's a there's a coffee cup. There's a woke there's big it's big it's phallic. It's kind of like a wiener, but it's and it's big. The coffee. It's like it, it's big. Isn't it gold? No. No. So, 
stops and stuff here for you to build, just so the fans can know. Appearing both nights in Wasilla. Okay? Okay. You're going to have AEW star Serena D. QT Marshall. QT Marshall right now is one of their main staples. Been around for a while. He has his own faction in AEW. He's actually a bigger star there. We have Impact star Fallen Bob. See somebody wrestle fall about will impress you. We have Ring of Honor stars Cheeseburger, LSG, John Walters, international wrestling stars Matt Frost, former WWE star, the one legged wonder Zach Gallon, and lots of Russell Pro Royals. You have guys like Sean Donovan, the Messiah, the old, Messiah of old school. Him and LSG. Saturday night, April 10th, doors open at 
5, Bells at 7 on Saturday, folks. You're going to have TNA's bad man himself, Sammy Callahan versus Tommy Dreamer, the innovator of violence, to go on with one of the most violent guys in TNA, and Sammy Callahan. And if that match wasn't going to draw you in enough, they're also going to have on Saturday an eight-man ladder match featuring guys like the Pineapple King, uh, Rico,
to our review of Godzilla versus Kong. So it wasn't just Godzilla, because Godzilla is awesome. Godzilla versus Kong is the first kind of blockbuster-feeling movie to come out in the COVID age. I got to watch it when it came out at my house, and I wished I had seen it in theaters. Now, if you are on the Kenai Peninsula, you can see it at the Orca, or you can see it at Coming Attraction Theaters, or if you've got HBO Max, you can just watch it in your house, in your underwear, while drinking a cold whatever it is you want to drink. Maybe it's Hashade, maybe it's a beer, maybe it's a Capri Sun. Maybe you're drinking a Capri Sun, watching Godzilla vs. Kong in your underwear, in your own damn house, and enjoying your life at this particular moment. And and you should, because why shouldn't you? You only get one ticket, you might as well enjoy the ride. Now, the YouTube video, the video for this interview, is on YouTube. So if you're trying to see what all of us look like, you can go to YouTube, punch in Woke and Baked Podcast, you'll find us. Or if you really want to dial it in, uh, Woke and Baked and Godzilla, and yeah, it'll take you, should take you straight to the video for this. All right, ladies, gents, and others, here is a little bit of Siri with his brother and Godzilla. And then after this, we'll get to the supporters, because they're important, the supporters. They support the podcast. They support me. They support all of us. All right. That is Red Run Cannabis Company, Iron Asylum, and 10th Planet Soldatna. All right. Thanks for listening thus far. Right now, a little bit of Godzilla. Greetings. Yo. How goes it? It goes. I got two of you today. I'm excited. <laughs> we have lots of knickknacks and toys, too. I am excited. I am excited to hear all about your knickknacks and toys uh, because today is a special day. You don't understand. Well, you understand, Mr. Jacob, Mr. Siri, aka better known as Siri. Anyway, um, you and I have been putting <laughs> off doing this particular episode so that the guy who is lazily getting shwasted behind you could catch up and watch the movie. You wouldn't watch the movie because of your brother, because your brother yes. was dying to see it, and you waited until he got to see it uh, with you before you would you would watch it and review it with me. So you guys got to share an experience, which is okay. I watched King of the Monsters with you in theater, and so like I understand yes. having to wait. I stole that from him. <laughs> now we're even fair enough <laughs> so next one all three of us yes yes <laughs> we gotta get a big screen though <laughs> oh my gosh so uh, out of curiosity sir what are you drinking scotch we are drinking Kilcoman. nice maybe you'll get demonetized <laughs> maybe i'm uh, drinking coffee there we go like out of a 49th supply company cup does it say Adventure Time? Uh, it would be way cooler if it did. Uh, no. Uh, Adventure Fuel, sir. 
on both sides. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah, that's so a cool looking cup. It is. It is. Normally, it's got a top on here that will keep the coffee warm for warm hot. It will keep it hot for hours. Uh, however, not necessary today, uh, unless it becomes necessary, in which case it was totally necessary. Um, can you get them online? Uh, yes, you can get it at, uh, at their website, 49thsupplyco.com, I believe. I'll put the link down in the description. I've been, uh, been putting a lot of their stuff in the links in the description lately. Not a lot, but the last two episodes, this and the previous one, I was wearing, you know, the, the Woo Raven the hoodie. hoodie. A very cool hoodie. It's very For real, man. It's super comfortable, too. Like, they, uh, they weren't kidding. It might be the most comfortable hoodie that uh, I'll ever own. Uh, and so. it's local. And it's local. It's important. Yes. Hmm. I guess I have a new hoodie. I think there was some article I was reading the other day that if everyone, every Alaska resident paid $20 towards local businesses, it would inflate the economy by millions or some such. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so shop local and such. Uh, I wish there was a good uh, Alaskan scotch, and maybe there is, and you guys can try it for me. There's talk. Um, we're in a local scotch group, and they're, technically we can't make a scotch because a scotch has to be made in Scotland. Um, but you can make a whiskey. Uh, what was that one from Oregon? Right, right. I'm trying to remember. Milton? I, I can't. I, yeah. I, I think that was the one. I posted the picture on Instagram mm-hmm. of the bottle. Maybe. But you're right. But that was just... I was in love. You know, it's not scotch. It's an Oregon whiskey, but it's made using the same method as scotch. I think they imported peat from uh, Isla, actually. No, you have to. <laughs> if you don't remember it, it probably was a good, good whiskey. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Well, I'm, I'm, you look for that, Jace. Uh, I'm going to let everyone at home in private com- conversations that your brother and I have had, like seriously, getting him to watch this. Like I tried. I tried all of the, the uh, peer pressure that I knew of to get him to watch Godzilla with me. However, wouldn't That's work. The tactics. He, yeah, apparently I not I, enough. I don't, des- I don't deserve my brother. No, you don't. He, but I'm glad we're on the same page. <laughs> <laughs> but we did go see nobody. We did, and we can talk about that uh, after we're, <laughs> we're done with your brother, because it was definitely a movie that investment of time and energy. Um, and yes. I haven't stopped talking about it to everyone I, I've seen today. I recommend going to see nobody, and I recommend going to see Godzilla or staying home to see Godzilla. Uh, but yeah. let's... Let's get to talking about this uh, this Godzilla. You two, gentlemen, would you like to break down individually your Godzilla nerd street cred? <laughs> well, uh, should I just start handing this to you? Yeah, it, it started with Dad, um, and you know, Dad was into monster movies, Hollywood monster movies. So growing up, we watched. He had Godzilla on VHS, um, the one versus Megalon. And first one I ever watched was um, Godzilla Raids Again, which everybody says is like the worst of the Godzillas, and it's like my favorite. Yeah, which it was the second Godzilla film. I loved it, too. First one with Angerus. Yeah. Angerus is the man. Or Angulus, depending Angerus. on who you talk to. Yeah, no, Angerus. <laughs> we'll punch all those fools in your face. Um, 
So yeah, just grew up with the love for it and have collected a few knickknacks. Jace actually got dad a little um, piggy bank where you open it up, yeah. it plays the Godzilla theme song, and Godzilla's head's there, and then he reaches up, grabs the coin, and pulls it into his mouth. <laughs> that was pretty awesome. But for this movie, they had this toy with his breath, and he actually has battle damage, too. Look him off. Uh, I don't know if that showed up in the light. Eh, Not really, but I get it. <laughs> this is one Jace has had for a while. For, like... Years. Uh, like, which movie? Um, that one was probably um, Godzilla versus Space Godzilla. Or no, actually, he's from the Millennium series, yeah. so maybe Mega Gears. <laughs> Wait, so Godzilla versus Space Godzilla? We'll get to that, I'm sure later. But oh, definitely, sure. There, there's so many Godzilla movies, actually. So this is the original Godzilla, the original Japanese version. Um, there's it makes so much more sense because of how much they cut out for the American version. Mm -hmm. Make sure it's in frame, yeah. but it doesn't have Perry Mason, is the only thing. Yeah, uh, we did enjoy the American version, had Perry Mason in it, as well as uh, 1984. Yes, yes, they, which was also he was also only there because it was Americanized. Yeah. yeah. So let me get this straight. They reshot scenes in the original Godzilla, put Perry Mason in there to Americanize it? Yes. Much better than they did with Godzilla versus the original Godzilla versus King Kong. There's a really good review online of the original Godzilla versus King Kong where he's like, and here we have the American here to point at the map <laughs> and not tell us anything that explains what's going on, but point at a map. <laughs> I mean, the original Godzilla was an analogy for the horrors of the nuclear holocaust. Yeah. And so there was a lot of really... <sighs> they took out a lot of darkness. And stuff. A, a lot of their anger was like infused in the original story. So to make it a bit more palatable for American audiences. They took a bunch of that out and put Perry Mason in there. Do you think that uh, that would have changed maybe the way people thought about uh, the, the bombs dropped in Hiroshima and Nagasaki? Had they seen that? At the time when it came out? I don't know. Later I on... I don't think people would have cared. You know, They felt that Japan deserved it. Um, there was a lot of alienation against the Japanese and the Asian communities, which is still going on. But for, um, it was interesting, the scales on Godzilla, the way that his skin and the texture yes. in the original, uh, for the Japanese, that conjured up visions they had seen of relatives, loved ones, who had been exposed to radiation and how it had affected their skin. That it was the initial um, intention with his original design, was to resemble a burn victim. Yeah, and that did come across to the majority of American audiences. They were like, oh, big lizard. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay, I clearly have not seen the original Godzilla. Uh, I saw Godzilla 1984. It didn't do a whole lot for me. Uh, the, the, mon the current monster universe is kind of where my, my understanding and expertise in, in Godzilla, uh, my familiarity, we'll call it familiarity rather than any kind of expertise, uh, comes from from the more modern stuff, from the monster universe uh, that that currently exists. Um, yeah, yeah. 
I was familiar with things about uh, Godzilla, like he was a product of uh, the nuclear um, the, the nuclear explosions on Hiroshima and Nagasaki, but I didn't know those kinds of details. And I think that it's very important. I'm grateful that you two have uh, the context for those um, for those uh, specific specific uh, items. Um, okay. So tell me a little bit more about. Um, about the is it the Koji series, Koju series? Which is it? Uh, Showa. Yeah, Showa era. Well, the original era is yes. <laughs> the Showa era. <laughs> the original, the the granddaddy. Yeah, Criterion came out with a really awesome little collection. Now there. they need to come out with Heisei and Millennium. So what They're are never your thoughts happen. on Godzilla 1998? Now I. One of the podcasts I've produced in the past uh, was Enter the Scottyverse, and our friend Scotty interviewed a gentleman who really firmly believed that, um, and I, I think absolutely um, wrong, uh, that Godzilla 98 was one of the greatest films of all time. I, I argue that it's actually probably one of the absolute worst, but nonetheless, what are your thoughts on Godzilla 98 as a Godzilla nerd? It was... Are we talking about the, the original American? American? Okay. It was the original American take on doing a Godzilla film. Um, it's funny because he shows up in the cartoon. Jace is... Oh, I'm not got yet. This. <laughs> uh, as, as a monster, if it had been marketed as a monster movie, it was a lot of fun. And I was at the age that I really enjoyed it. But as a Godzilla film, it's not Godzilla. Yeah, absolutely. It's not Godzilla. <laughs> what makes it not Godzilla? So, yeah, it's the worst Godzilla film because it's not Godzilla. Uh, doesn't breathe fire. It's <laughs> definitely a big one. It's an iguana. He's that... not really a threat. Godzilla is a threat and a force of nature, and yes. he was very much just kind of a victim of nature gone awry and just this big creature kind of wandering around. Yeah, that, that was kind of the whole thing with it. It was fun, but it didn't really have a sense of direction. Like... Even the goofiest Godzilla movies, it you it they had direction. Like this is a creature that was born because of the folly of man, <laughs> and then and it was in, in lots. It's alluded that he was brought in by nature to protect the earth. He's mm -hmm. here to balance out and put humans get, in their place. Put humans in their place, um, and then in the latest version, it's he's the product of an ancient civilization that they haven't gone into detail about exactly why he's here. And then there's been some interesting bits in the movies about there being this ancient rivalry between Godzilla and Kong um, that I, I kind of shoehorned in at the end. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very interesting. So, um, yeah, for the Godzilla 1998, he's not here as a protector of Earth. He's just this iguana that got shot to gigantic proportions and is trying to iguana. You know, <laughs> so it's missing a lot of the lore of the Japanese Godzilla, which it doesn't make it a bad movie. It, that's just kind of the biggest difference. It doesn't have the the lore backing it, the mythology, mm -hmm. or the the grand scale of it all. But to even with the original film, he was the product of the bomb and came to destroy and lay waste to everything that threatened, and then later that evolved. But yeah, it did make for a very good cartoon, though. If, if you haven't seen the cartoon, the cartoon is amazing. <laughs> what is your, uh, Chase, what is your Godzilla prized possession? 
Oh, snap. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Um, it's kind of a tie <laughs> between um, between the Criterion Show Era collection here <laughs> and this uh, steel book for the, the new King of the Monsters one, which really just because it's it's like sick looking. <laughs> Jace is a big fan of steel books. He's actually had a couple commissioned for yeah, heavy for metal. Heavy metal, because they don't have a steel book for heavy metal, which is the weirdest thing. Mm. That seems like that would be the first thing they get a steel book for. Right? <laughs> yeah, heavy metal, steel book. It makes sense. <laughs> What is, uh, Jacob, what is yours? Um, I could not find them. So apparently they're not as prized as they should be. But um, years ago, I think 15, 16 years ago, I bought little uh, Chibi, Godzilla, and Megalon. Because I love Megalon. <gasps> you can't find them? No. They're, oh, no. they're somewhere. They're, they're stored away somewhere. I wonder if I stole them. But uh, the Chibi, it's um, also called Super Deformed. Really big heads with tiny little bodies where the head's as big as the bodies and stuff. So it's super cute. And I had Godzilla and I had Megalon. <laughs> Megalon was amazing. Yeah. Poor Megalon. So unrelated to any of this, I have to make this note as a find that somebody got. Um, at Bargain Basement, somebody had decided to sell some homemade aliens art. Mm-hmm. For, now, they said it was the drummer from 36 Crazy Fists, right? Yes. So somebody yes. has purchased from Bargain Basement homemade alien art that was done by the drummer from 36 Crazy Fists. That's really cool. That is That's super cool. Super rad. So you never know what you're going to get at Bargain Basement. I've had some finds up there. I bought some broken stuff from there. But nonetheless, I've gotten some finds out of Bargain Basement. Cheers to Bargain Basement. On the alien note, um, this month was the release of yes. Marvel's issue one of Alien because Disney bought Fox, so they have the rights now. Um, and I bought six of the very all six variant covers that I could get. I think there's a couple out there um, that are specific to certain distributors that I wasn't able to get through the company that I went through, but. Yeah, I'll have to show you all the covers as soon as they come in. Is this going to be a, um, a like um, the same universe? What time period does this take place in? Uh, I'm not sure yet. I, I haven't got the issue. Um, I don't think even Marvel's sure yet. Like, they want to see how things go before they say it's canon or not. Maybe. <laughs> um, so I'm not sure. I'm hoping... Uh, there are two female characters that were introduced. There's Zula Hendrix um, by Dark Horse. Um, Zula Hendrix, she was a Marine who went up against the aliens, survived, um, got brought back to Earth, and escaped the Weyland-Yutani Corporation because they're trying to suppress it. And she met up with Ripley's daughter. Amanda Ripley, the Amanda. protagonist from the Alien Isolation video game. And they're going out and finding all the facilities that the Wayland Utani has been using to experiment on uh, the aliens and all the planets that they've been releasing them to so take over. Good. Yeah. Uh. And so I'm hoping, I'm hoping so badly that they continue that story because they are very awesome characters. Oh, it was so much fun. 
Yes, it was, yes. Good uh, writing, good art. <laughs> I'm grateful for your nerddom. <laughs> <laughs> yes, obsessions are, you know, fun, but expensive. <laughs> so, moving on to the, the current Monster uh, Universe uh, series, going back to, to Godzilla, which brought us all together. Overall, what have been your thoughts? Godzilla, Godzilla King of the Monsters, uh, Skull Island. What do you think? Oof. Uh, so far, personally, King of the Monsters was my favorite one. Um, overall, I think the whole universe is meant to be a love letter to the fandom and what uh, we grew up with with Godzilla, especially the American audiences, of course growing up with Godzilla. It doesn't come with the, um, um, you know, folly of man, nuclear, holocaust lore behind it. Obviously, it's very much just taking cues from monsters fighting monsters, you know, what appealed to us as kids. Yeah. And so nobody's really expecting more from it than that. And I think it's been delivering on that in every way. I've been very happy seeing monsters fighting monsters. Um, yeah, yeah I, I don't want to use the word shallow, but it, it's definitely not as... Um, it's, it's not the original Godzilla. <laughs> It'll never be the original Godzilla. It's spectacle without the substance. Yeah. Now everybody that goes and watches Godzilla versus Megalon is like, Substance, what is he talking about? <laughs> <laughs> that was one of the goofier films, though. Oh, yeah. Like, Godzilla versus Megalon. Or Hedora. It was originally uh, an episode, it was supposed to be the... Jet Jaguar's episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's supposed to start this series for Jet Jaguar, and they ended up kind of shoehorning uh, Godzilla into it. Um, and then they ended up not doing the Jet Jaguar series. What is Jet Jaguar? He is the best robot that Japan ever came up with. I wish uh -oh. I had a picture of him somewhere. You're going to find one and you're going to email it to me so I can edit it into the video, sir. All right. For sure. So how did this wrap up with Godzilla? How did what wrap up? How did Jet Jaguar Sorry. and Godzilla... How, how did they get to be in the same sentence? Okay. Uh, they thought that they could get better uh, marketing and more people in seats <laughs> if they made it a Godzilla movie. Okay. So, so the Jet Jaguar series, actually, I don't know for sure, but I don't think it ever really took off after that. It didn't. I, it got dropped from what I recall. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, so it was ended up being just another Godzilla film. The only appearance of Megalon, who is one of my favorite kaijus, like, it's Godzilla and it's Megalon. <laughs> Megalon looks like a giant beetle. He can drill through the earth with his little beetle hands. He can shoot firebombs out of his mouth. And then he's got, like, this electrical attack with his antenna. If you play the original GameCube Godzilla or the PlayStation play Godzilla, he is, he is overpowered. <laughs> he's the one you always want to go as. Yeah, he's he like can, the only one that can drill underground and go up under the other monsters. Or pull them under yeah. or something. <laughs> so he's playing Jackson on Tecmo Bowl. Okay, gotcha. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. All right, good, yeah. good to know. It's, um, 
Or if you played uh, Joe Montana's football, too, it was always going with the fake punt. Because if you went with the fake punt, you could always throw for uh, for a touchdown. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So I started playing, like, can I get up to 200 points in a football game on a video game? I <laughs> with this. Like, can I do it in the allotted time? Um, awesome. I haven't played that in so long. We should do that. Um, so, uh, Jacob, we, we should, I agree. Um, what were your thoughts on this particular Godzilla, um, and, and this current monster universe versus the older stuff? It, it, it had a, a lot more monster fighting, a lot more awesome angles, a lot more angles that put you in the middle of it and you could really feel like you were there. Um, instead of like watching a WWE match. <laughs> um, so for me, yeah, like it, there are things that I've never seen in film before, but I got to see them in this series. I've never seen um, uh, an, an Air Force jet getting thrown like a ninja star. Like, that's pretty <laughs> yes. like spoiler alert um but there are things that i've never seen in a film and i got to see them in this film um in, in this specific one this is also the only one that i haven't seen in theaters because of, of distribution now it's the first film i've seen in a long time where i wanted to watch it in a theater like yeah yeah so bad. like at, at home was cool. I could, you know, I could sit in my underwear and fall asleep and then rewatch it in the morning. I could do that. <laughs> but whatever. I'd much rather have my hand in my mouth with popcorn uh, where it's blaring through uh, through the years. And I think right. this is the first film in a long time where I've wanted to be. It does a much better job of immersing you than the original Godzilla's did, I think. Yeah. How much of that do you think is technology? It's just I, most of it, I think, because they can give you such a sense of scale better than, you know, guys in rubber suits in a miniature city. Um, what did you think about Hong Kong getting uh, getting wrecked? <laughs> Again? <laughs> I was like, man, they're going to get a huge economic boost from all the repair that they have to do and hiring all these workers to go through and repair everything. I was like, little... is Apex going to pay for this? Is the monarch, come, you know? I was a little frustrated how Godzilla could keep sneaking up on these cities. <laughs> you know, like, oh no, Godzilla is coming, and oh, nobody warned them. Word. But I mean, then you, yeah. But during this particular, in this universe, they already know the monsters exist, right? So Jace has a really good point. If we can tell within ten minutes if a tornado is coming, all right, we should be able to know like when Godzilla is coming to hit up the coastal cities. And maybe you have a better defense at this point because we all know we're, we're, in, a, we're in a global society, an extra global society if we're dealing with an existential threat like uh, giant, uh, giant nuclear lizards or pythons. Um, <laughs> but we, ha we are forced to become a, a much more um, a much more global society because we as as the humans as the homo sapiens we have to protect uh, ourselves from this guy this gigantic lizard who shoots out blue fire uh, <laughs> and can really fuck shit up I mean excuse my language um, but he can really do some damage 
I, yeah. what is the what is the human casualty uh numbers that we're looking at in uh in, in hong kong all right like what are we really looking at the, the look at them beating up these buildings they're thrashing each other through buildings like it's nothing like it's mm-hmm. like it's the fun thing to do i mean there's a <laughs> After years of this happening, like you have to have some sort of defense system, right? You have to be able to protect yourselves. And if your leaders aren't protecting you, well, man, you got to figure out a different way to do things. But yeah, you have to have a way to track Godzilla. You have to know when he's 30 minutes out. So you have to yes. be able to provide yeah. a warning. And so they had were like the bunkers, right? Yeah. 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 See, that was one of the things I was thinking about because. Monarch was like, oh, Godzilla changed course. He's heading towards Hong Kong. And it seemed like they had 30, 40 minutes, uh, you know, before he hit the coast there. And you saw people running down to the bunkers and stuff. And like, oh, okay, everybody's. But no, when they're fighting, there are people in those office buildings who somehow missed out on the emergency broadcast and were just. What it probably was. Chilling doing office work. Oh, man. <laughs> So, so let's run that. Let's 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 run it back a little bit. Um, talk about l- a little bit more about that corporate culture. All right. Like if if you're if you can't leave work because you've got to file some papers, and you you just become so complacent in the attack of Godzilla. Everybody has a cell phone, right? And when you have those those wide broadcasts, right, that go out to to everybody in the area, everybody gets those messages, and they're like, "Hey, we got to go. Godzilla's coming. Let's go. Let's go underground and hope for the best." Instead, they're staying at work, filing like they're doing paperwork at a time like in a time and place where we, paper should be more or less obsolete. Yeah, you know what they should have done is um, since Apex, are we allowed to talk about spoilers for the movie now? We've all, I've already, yeah, we're good. Knock yourself okay, out. Okay, so, so Mecha Godzilla was based in Hong Kong, so they could have played it that Apex, like, I don't know, they um, didn't get blackout? Yeah, yeah. So that way they could have had their production come in and save the day. That way Apex seems like the good guy. Mm-hmm. They could have done that for the plot. So we Wait, talk a little bit. Um, well, they talk a little bit in this film about secret societies and and the Illuminati right. and the elite. And so, if you have your man-made emergency, right, mm-hmm. and then you are able to provide the proper response to that emergency, yeah, you look like the good guy. Yeah. Although totally. you were you were waiting for the um the perfect emergency to to show you're the good guy. I yeah, I believe it's called the Hegelian dialectic, I believe. Probably butchered. I have that. not heard that. I'm I'm a fan of that now. <laughs> uh yeah, so you create um so you create the cure and then you create the disease, essentially. Yeah. Right. Right? So that you can create the emergency to cure the disease. Yeah. You're the bad guy from the Incredibles. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, but um, if you are, if you're in charge of Apex, right, and you have all kinds of super cool technology that no one else has because Elon Musk, <laughs> um, Jeff Elon Bezos. Musk, there's there's a there's a bunch of there, I mean there's 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 a billion of those guys. Um, I wonder if Jeff Bezos is gonna like go talk to Elon and say, "Hey, you, you saw the Mecha Godzilla, right? What do you think?" 
Well, You're talking about how much cash he has to burn. I, yeah. So that was that while discussing this this podcast, right? We were discussing about how much money Jeff Bezos has and what you could do with that. And it turns out uh, he could buy an aircraft carrier, fully staff it, uh, and you know, I mean, he's, he would have a lot of stuff, right? He could have his own personal private military. Bless his heart. Uh, but. <laughs> But if you have your personal private military, right, and you've got Mecha Godzilla, and you can stop the Titans from um, from destroying Hong Kong, from destroying Tokyo, from destroying Los Angeles, because normally it's like L.A. New L.A. and New York; those are the two cities yeah. that get hit. Like I was excited <laughs> to a place other than like New York or Los Angeles get jacked up. Because uh, I've never been to Hong Kong, so like I have no idea what it looks like. I have to imagine that uh, when they put this film together, they did a really good job of representing Hong Kong. And I would have to imagine... Neon colors. <laughs> um, yeah. I definitely want to visit now. Uh, yeah, before the Titans destroy it. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many hours we got. Yeah. But uh, you know, I guess I guess in my own stupid way, I'm, I'm saying the same way that um, uh, Los Santos is supposed to be Los Angeles in Grand Theft Auto. I'm thinking <laughs> the folks that put together this particular Godzilla versus Kong did a much better job of of digitally building that city before they destroyed it with Titans. Yeah. So what a gorgeous job! Oh my gosh, it was gorgeous. Yeah. put so much love into it <laughs> yeah exactly like the the and we've kind of talked about it on on the podcast before is these um these films and these series are are to the point now where they're uh being remade by people that care about the original lore oh yeah. and, yes and i think that that's uh that's important i do want to give a very special solid shout out to uh eddie bravo i gotta pull this guy's uh name up um but he is the writer of the 2014 godzilla um in fact siri if you could it's i believe it's chris chatham or david chatham you can look that up for me um but he is the writer of the 2014 godzilla he was also at the time a purple belt under eddie bravo of 10th planet jujitsu uh eddie really? bravo is um is is well known as a a theorist of the conspiracies and he's open to a whole lot of different ideas um but this um this guy who wrote the 2014 godzilla who also wrote ant-man and a whole bunch of other stuff what is his name rex bornstein no the other name chat no no it's david or chris chatham we're talking about uh the the writer um 20 oh, that was the screenwriter okay that's the only one that's coming up. All right, I will, I will pull it up, but that's definitely not uh, Max Borenstein. So this dude, bless his heart, he, um, I'm sure like a lot of this is stuff that got talked about on the mats uh, because it's stuff that we've talked about on the mats up here, not necessarily flat earth or, or hollow earth or anything like that, but we have, you know, we've, we've talked about all kinds of really cool stuff at 10th Planet Soldatna. Anyway, um, so. Very cool group there. Very, very cool group. Um, so 
these are all things that kind of come up in conversation um, just on the mat. So I would imagine that you could probably draw a direct line between, you know, like this particular uh, Godzilla movie and and Tenth Planet Jujitsu, you know, seven or eight years ago. But uh, with lots of mention of, of the Illuminati, of secret societies, of the elites and hidden technologies, hollow earth, domed earth. Um, domed earth. <laughs> You know, there's which is part of the the flat Earth uh, idea, or, or can be part of. I'm sure there's a lot of a lot of different ways that the flat Earth can uh, can be split up, that the hairs can be split. <laughs> yes. So, like, how the original Godzilla tied into the fears of like nuclear war and stuff. We can kind of see how this new monster verge could be tied into fears of. Secret societies. Secret societies and people, rich people with too much power and money. Absolutely. That is kind of brilliant. I was that thinking, is absolutely brilliant. I was thinking uh, the, the same thing. Um, oh, yeah, dude. but yeah. here's a really great thing, and this is this is where it becomes bigger than ourselves, right? Is that means that there's enough people all over the world uh, that believe. Uh, and, and uh, enough to really understand why these are motivations for these characters. Because yeah, yeah. There's that means uh, that means that that in China, that means that in Australia, that means that. In, and by the way, this cast is from all over the world, right? It's yes, it was wonderful. All right. Uh, so that means there are enough people all over the world that are catching these little things, right? That are catching, oh, they're actually talking about the Illuminati. Oh, they're actually talking about Flat Earth and Domed Earth, right? Mm -hmm. That it's starting a lot of different conversations, but these conversations are already being had all over the world. Yeah, and just finally invading pop culture. Yeah, kind of that thing that, like I'm sure it was for the Japanese, it's that thing that you didn't really want to talk about, but you needed to talk about. You didn't have the... The, the right, yeah, or avenue to do it. So what do you do? You make a Godzilla. All right, I'd like to thank my supporters. Iron Asylum, located at 35165 KB Drive, behind Save You More. I was there today. I brought young Hickson. We worked out a lot, and we had a good time. I also hung out with 10th Planet Curtis and our buddy Andrew. He was there. All right. That is a place for you to go to make some friends and to go work out to get your picking up and putting down on. They've got kettlebells. They've got cardio machines. They've got all kinds of cool muscle-specific machines for those of you that are competitive bodybuilders or competitive powerlifters or really competitive anything. And they've got trainers there to work with you to work for, you know, whatever your health goals are, they've got trainers that are almost specific to that goal, whether it's powerlifting, competing, whether it's becoming a bodybuilder, or it's preparing for a triathlon or an Ironman, which I believe is still a triathlon, but it's just like a super triathlon. Anyway, that's not what I do for fun. But if that's what you do for fun, well, then Iron Asylum has a trainer that they can hook you up with so that you can achieve the goals of a better life and health and all that good stuff.
All right. Give Brandon a call at 907-953-4720. The gym is open 24 hours a day. And if you're like me and you get these weird, random shots of energy in the middle of the night, Iron Asylum is a place you can go to work yourself back into being tired. All right, 907-953-4720. You can find them on Instagram as well as Facebook. But if you're looking for the physical location, 35165 K Beach Drive, behind Save You More, which is located on K Beach. Not to be confused with KB. Two totally different roads running close to each other. Anywho, moving on, Red Run Cannabis Company, located on the Kenai Spur Highway. They are the growers of fine cannabis and the brewmeister of three different types of hashade. All right, they also make can of caps, honey sticks, and peanut butter. Now, as far as flour go, they carry flour from your favorite cultivators, and they carry extracts from your favorite extracts. Not just dabs, but terp sauces, diamonds, all that good stuff. They carry all of it at their physical location on the Kenai Spur Highway. Now, because Red Run has their own manufacturing facility, nobody can beat their prices. Now, they also stock edibles from Lady Grey, as well as Creative Confections. And they stock Alaskan-made Frontier CBD. So go in there, be sure to ask your bud tender for suggestions, and then get some suggestions, and then utilize the suggestions they give you. All right, be sure to check out RedRunCannabisCompany.com and Weed Maps for their current menu. Hashade and other Red Run products are located throughout the great state of Alaska. So if you are in the state of Alaska and you're like, hey, how do I get my hands on Hashade? Talk to your dispensary. They can get it. They've distributed this stuff throughout the great state of Alaska. So whether you're in Sitka, whether you're in Ketchikan or Juneau, there is a way to get it out to you. All right. Check out RedRunCannabisCompany.com for more information. Now, last but not least, 10th Planet Soldatna, located inside of All American Training Center. Classes start at 7 and they, well, they wrap up whenever they wrap up. Tuesday is 10 round Tuesday. What does that mean? That is 10 rounds, three, four, maybe five minutes per round with a minute break between rounds, and you got to get through 10 of them. It is a workout, it is a challenge, but you have a workout buddy, you have a challenge buddy, you have somebody that you are training with. And so it always helps to have someone in there because you get to push each other to become better and better at your jujits. All right. That is 10th Planet Soldatna located in the All-American Training Center. Stop by today and do it because it's Tuesday. It's 10 around Tuesday. You got nothing else better to do. All right. Ladies and gents, others as well, here's your cannabis warning. Children and E. Marijuana should not be used by women who.